Hello, and welcome to the Let's Talk podcasts. This is your host, Susie Lewis, speaking from Toulouse. And in this episode of Let's Talk, we will be discussing two topical and important subjects, planetary health and women in leadership. Today, I am delighted to welcome Nicole de Paula, the first Klaus Topfer Sustainability Fellow Awardee at the International Institute for Sustainable Development and the founder of Women Leaders for Planetary Health. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you, Susie. Pleasure to be here with you. Nicole, we met in the space of sustainable transformation and conscious leadership. And as you know, I hold these subjects close to my heart, just like women in leadership. I join your call to action here in both of these. So particularly in today's world where the tech sector is growing exponentially and where we need more of the intrinsic qualities of what makes us human. So empathy, emotional intelligence, building powerful ecosystems. And for me, women bring this to the table in their leadership more innately. You have dedicated your time, research and career essentially to globally connecting policymakers and researchers to create public understanding on these key issues related both to sustainability, public health, and facilitating this multicultural, multi-institutional exchange to create an impact on these subjects collectively. So firstly, Women Leaders for Planetary Health, can you tell us a little bit more about it and what inspired you to found it? For sure. Thank you. Uh, thank you for this question. Yeah, I really like to see myself nowadays as a knowledge pollinator. As <laughs> it's a good, um, I found it as a good um, summary of what everything we're trying to do in this uh, crazy time. So let me tell you a little bit about how we came with this idea of the Women Leaders for Planetary Health and uh, why it matters to me so much, especially now that we are all, you know, under this very big impact of this pandemic. And I yeah. think we learned a lot about, you know, the importance of women leaders, especially when we have, you know, the many news out there saying how this country is led by women. You know, I'm, mm. I'm living in Germany at the moment and we did have, I think, of course, we do have problems at the moment, but maybe in Europe we were dealing a little bit better. And of course, there was uh, some connections made out there. Is it, I think it's a very good scientific research. Is it women leaders, you know, better? Can they take care of women, uh, of, of the planet and people? So that's something we're exploring. Absolutely. Um, but at ISS is very, the Institute for Advanced Sustainability Studies, it's a very um, safe space to take mm -hmm. these questions up. And mm -hmm. that's why I'm so proud to be here. I'm from Brazil. Of course, Brazil is uh, on the news, but not for the good reasons nowadays. Yes. Yeah. A lot of concern with, of course, uh, massive deforestation and, you know, the indigenous rights and mm. women's rights in my own yeah. country. Mm. So it's um, very exciting to be um, here and having the support. So ISS has even a program called a mindset for the Anthropocene, you know, so that's something that already um, before I founded this, I was um, surrounded by researchers who are asking if egoism, you know, this competitive thinking, consumerism, how do we, how can mindsets play a role in the way we advance sustainability? That's Vast, a very important question, question, right? Yeah. And so we have a group. Um, so I was exposed to this uh, environment, I would say. And, uh, and I started thinking, of course, I was also connected to the theme of planetary health that we can discuss a little bit later on. Yeah. And we had, um, during the UN Climate Summit in Madrid uh, last year in 2019, before the pandemic, yeah. um, uh, even though I was already attending uh, so many meetings when people were saying, you know, the pandemic is not a question of weather, it's just when we're going to have a pandemic. So, you know, for us, dealing with this topic was not really a surprise. 
And we had at this COP25, you know, this UN Climate Summit, uh, a space called Co-Creative Reflection and Dialogue Space. And it was based on this hypothesis. Is it if we change our mindsets, how can we improve? How can we have better negotiations at this big UN summits? Mm -hmm. Because as you know, we were not going very far. You know, it was not uh, perceived as a very successful meeting, the last one. Mm -hmm. So in that space, um, we had the chance to really, I had this idea um, after, and we can tell you the story later, but just that's how we were created. We we had a space there, really in a co-creative space, a dialogue with people, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to discuss women leaders in planetary health at that point. Okay. So it was an idea of creating a knowledge hub, a network of people interested in um, these topics of sustainability, health, and gender. And I think it was very well received, and that's why we continued this project. Mm-hmm. And essentially... I like the idea of a dialogue space because it is about opening a dialogue, a different type of dialogue. And, you know, you, you talked about moving from an individualistic sort of system to a more collective system. And I think women are not often at those decision making tables. And so their voice is not often heard. So I really love the fact that the two are coming together. But tell me about what women leaders in planetary health brings to that gap, the gap that we see between policymaking and implementation. Yeah, so this topic of decision making and with mm. the women not at the table, that's very important. And mm. I think it was very, you know, I'm coming from the field of international politics. Yes. So not health and not gender. Yeah. Uh, that's very, and, and that's why, why am I creating something like that? Yeah. <laughs> very, sometimes I always question, but, but because I find it so important and it really with the experience that I had in such you know, international politics, that's not a place where you have women. Uh, really? You no, know, it's not an easy field to, nav- to mm. navigate. Mm. And I saw that from the very, you know, early stage, you know, when I was 19 and my, my first job was at the British Chamber of Commerce. In okay. And I had to have, you know, uh, I was coordinating these committees and circulating with very powerful people and having breakfast of CEOs of banks. You know, you were a 19 year old girl and mm. you, you have to, first of all, learn how to navigate that and say, you know, you have to take space. You have to, you know, you cannot be tokenized. You have to show you, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Have to be sometimes always few have to be more prepared than others. You have to be extra effort. So that was yeah. just you know first experience that um, I could you know uh, mm-hmm. learn how to navigate that. And I can but, imagine uh, there weren't many women at that table. No, and, no. and I, I always saw that you know, yeah, but at the beginning sure. I didn't question so much. Yes, yes. I didn't see it that way, and it's mm-hmm. funny that all it takes you know 10, 15 years to say, oh, wait a minute, this is really wrong because <laughs> at the beginning mm-hmm. you think that's you, right? Mm-hmm. You really think, oh, I need to maybe need to work harder. I need to study more. I realized later that no, that's absolutely not the case. There are structural dimensions there, you know, mm-hmm. that really don't take don't allow uh, at least an easier transition for these women. And just to give an example, uh, when you have, um, nowadays there are studies out there with COVID that is very, you know, um, dear to us at the moment, that not 85% of the task force dealing with COVID, they are led by men. Right. So, Mm -hmm. of course, what we're seeing is that the decisions that you have when you have only uh, one type of people in a group is not only about men, right? We're talking about other minorities. We have, I think, 
the key for me is to, how do we become more diverse? So what we're trying to do is to bring this group of people to bring these questions, you know, at the table first, and then we yeah. bring the women. But yeah. <laughs> women, we also need to understand for ourselves, um, right? We need to be, we need to strengthen not our knowledge, but our mm. soft skills. It's about negotiations. It's about networking. It's mm. about, you know, self-knowledge, the courage. It's the, to understand the power of our own story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah. I think that's what we're trying to do, you know, and there are many ways to to get there. And mm. we're, we are, you know, a new network and this mm. knowledge hub. So we're also learn by doing and, and listening to others and trying to, I think the, the importance, again, of connecting the dots, as I said, this knowledge pollinator thing, it's something that helps me because I can really circulate so many disciplines and groups. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's not only about business. It's not only about Clearly. NGOs. It's not mm -hmm. about international um, organizations. Mm -hmm. So I think I have this uh, large experience in different contexts and, and having, you know, I also see the second way I think I'd like to see myself this resilient nomad when you live in, <laughs> you know, many countries yeah. and many cultures, especially yes. cultures, I mm. think it's very important. So I'm trying to mix all that to bring these topics, um, connect, especially with the topic of health and mm -hmm. sustainability. Mm -hmm. So I'm hearing like the, the power of connections, which I wholly believe in, but bringing different perspectives and, and making sense of the system differently, not only with women, of course, and men, but also with to make it more inclusive acro across the globe and as, as a system. So as the policy gets roll, rolled out, the implementation is more inclusive than it would be. What's, what's your vision then for women leaders for planetary health? Exactly inclusive. I really like this word, and I think that's still uh, missing. And uh, when yeah. we, we sometimes, I think it, even in valid developed developed countries, you know, we're still very behind these issues, mm. and we just don't realize. Mm. So um, the vision for the moment. Um, let's let's tell. Um, I want to share a little bit what we're doing now. Yes, because I'm very surprised by this uh, the power of the network and mm -hmm. the cooperation and the collaboration spirit that I'm, um, which I didn't expect. What I found. Okay. Yeah, I started, um, you know, we started in this uh, at the UN Climate Summit. And I remember having, of course, ISS was very supportive. And, and that's what gave me the courage and the, mm. the, the assurance that we could move forward. Mm. And then I said, okay, but what, what do we do after, right? We need to, we cannot just claim that we are women leaders for planetary health and we, we don't do much. Clearly. So, uh, we, we put a group together first of senior researchers that are you know it's amazing we have an amazing team about 10 people now volunteering the time to to support this cause because i think they also felt the importance they're all scientists and many are in public health some are you know in, um, in chemistry we have different backgrounds um out there yeah. uh, ecology and different countries so they mm. are um they, they supported the idea and together we started developing and our first flagship i think project at the moment is really we want to we launched a, a mentorship program a couple with a digital academy and i like to to say that it's important to have a plan of course but it's also important to be adaptable and you know resilient enough to to have a vision but to adapt to what is going on around us and when yes. covid hit there was I think I, I felt prepared for that, you know, I didn't feel so shocked because yeah. listening so much to the scientists already aler alerting us for this um, threat. And I was mm -hmm. really working and learning about infectious diseases as well, mm -hmm. neuroemerging infectious diseases. Mm -hmm. So when COVID arrived, it was kind of, to me, it was like, oh yeah, they were right. You know, that's okay. cool. everything we were learning. So it gave me this confidence to continue in this area too. We put a call out there recently 
just a month ago. And mm-hmm. I was, uh, we wanted to select, you know, a job, maybe a, a 10 uh, young um, women researchers or professionals uh, dealing mm-hmm. and interested in planetary health and also a diverse group. We didn't want to have a very strong criteria, but we want early professionals and, you know, until 35 years. And what is really important is that I'm focusing on what I call the global self. Yeah. So tell, tell us a bit more about the global self. What What is that for you? Because, yeah, uh, we see a lot of even, you know, advocacy for climate change. We're seeing uh, we are living in this moment. Um, mm. Of course, the, the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm. And mm. it's not only about women. There are so many topics. Uh, in the end, it's about injustice, you know, yes. and, the, and the lack of fairness that we have been living mm-hmm. in. The way we're destroying our planet is just also for a happy few. Yeah. All this together, we see that it is about climate change. You know, the health, a lot of, and when the youth at the beginning said, oh, just now that we are doing, you know, the, the school strikes and there are a lot of these movements and then this COVID, this health thing happened, it's going to trouble our uh, cause. And I was, I went out there and said, that's, that's not the right way to perceive it. These crises are completely interconnected. Mm-hmm. And even scientists are failing to see that now less. And that's very interesting to me. I'm, I'm going now attending, you know, this high level round tables of scientists and they now are using, oh, the conclusion is we need to do planetary health. And I was like, yes. well, we have been talking about this now for a while. I mean, even not I me mean, for actually a very recent time, let's say five years, but scientists that who taught me everything that I know at the moment about this, they're mm-hmm. talking about this for 30 years. Yeah. So it, it's really not necessarily new. So in the global south, we see the science is usually coming, you know, even the peer-reviewed articles, there is a disparity of how much access, you know, scientists from low and middle-income countries would have or being published. So the capacity building is still uh, missing. And of mm. course, for women, because when you have um, yes. in many other countries, when you have, you know, some traditions, I would say, in terms of, you know, it's very, women are still perceived as, you know, the second class citizen, they don't have uh, rights, they don't have rights to own land, for example. Mm. So how can they can be as empowered as we, you know, they cannot uh, participate in any group or education, but if the legislation is saying that they don't have the right to have that thing or to do that thing, it's a completely different story. Mm, So this is also about rethinking policy and rethinking the system in which you know women who are 50 percent of the population uh, yes yeah live work and contribute but I also think from an inclusive perspective more more importantly I love this idea of the global self which is essentially yes climate change and planetary health but also the health of humanity if I'm hearing you correctly yes all this to me is so connected and, mm. and it sounds obvious, but you know, it's it's interesting that now there is a big movement coming from the you know the public health sector yeah. and, and doctors out there saying why we're not teaching climate change in medicine, for example. Mm. That's mm-hmm. a very interesting question. And the change is really coming. I at least I'm observing now from the you know students are calling yeah. and they're going there and saying to their deans and said look we, we need to have these topics we need to learn about climate change we need mm-hmm. to talk about biodiversity and ecology it's really about bringing ecology to these other areas of, of teaching about human health yeah um, because we did a global goals jam recently on the sustainable goals of climate change. And one of the outcomes that they were prototyping was to actually go into schools and start education very early on in terms of climate change, biodiversity, and what we're actually doing to the planet and how they can start acting and becoming change, change agents to that from a very early age. So I think it's really important, which brings me back to your mentoring scheme. Can you tell me a little bit more about 
yeah. what it is and, and uh, what, what your objective is for that mentoring scheme? Sure. So of course, um, we uh, we then we put up this call, and I, I was a saying, and mm-hmm. I was expecting to have you know a very few applications. We we didn't know if it was an idea was really going to stick, yeah. and I was so surprised. We got a, more than a hundred applications. Wow. For, you know, and Brilliant. it was very strong, but strong uh, candidates. That was the hardest part. And for the first <laughs> time, I think I was having nightmares that that week because it was <laughs> how are we gonna select. <laughs> Just 10% of these people, it's impossible because uh, it was very strong. Uh, they were all already out there doing things. You know, we're really just being this change agents that we were looking for. So we are now very, it was a hard, we got, you know, five people in this uh, selection committee and we got to select um, around 22 young professionals and they're all women. Okay. Excellent. And so, um, and we, again, we, we, we had to go, out there in the community and ask for support because the mentorship is really we're pairing one young professional with a more experienced professional. And because the mentorship, as you know, is different than coaching, right? Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. It's it's really about this interpersonal relationship. And please correct me if I'm wrong, but the way we're seeing it's about the personal relationships, about this life stories, about understanding your goals. It's not someone Mm -hmm. who will teach you to do, you know, something. It's not, it's not about the science itself. It's just to maybe give them clarity about their purpose, um, how they can get there. And of course, helping their own networks. That's very important. You know, if you have more women in leadership, they're the ones who extend their hands and, you know, take them up with them. So, and that's why it's so hard. If you don't have women in leadership, how are we going to bring them up? You know, that's Mm. what you usually see in other areas. So we want to have this for five months. We're going to work together as a group. And I'm expecting, of course, they all become these new ambassadors for the new women leaders of planetary health because this yeah. is a movement. But yes. the vision is to create a movement. It's not about me. It's really about, I really hope that I can disappear from the project. <laughs> you know, few, is that um, your objective, <laughs> to disappear? Yeah, it is. It, it really is because uh, the way, the only way that this is going to work is that when you have, you know, it's so strong and it's, and it's bigger, it's, it has to be bigger than me. Of course, yes, it is already. So, mm-hmm. so we're gonna have for five months this session. So we're gonna have this. Uh, we have an amazing group of women. You know, they're all busy. All they had no time to fit one more activity, and they all wrote. You know, right away. I had the other problem again. So I had too many applications, and then I said, okay, I need more mentors. Mm-hmm. How I'm gonna do that? And then I had more mentors than I needed. Just like <laughs> we have this powerful community who wants to make a change but and I also think it's about paying it forward isn't it you know you if you want to build something bigger than yourself and everybody has to and particularly in today's age then you know you want to help other people you want to bring them up and enable their potential so therefore you pay it forward as much as you can and like you say even if you don't have time you find time so I can imagine just how many applications you had (laughs) I, I think so. And I was surprised because uh, there were some people who just, you know, let, I, you try. I just said, well, let me try this this person here. And I, I'm, sh- I'm sure she's busy. And surprisingly, they were immediately very helpful and, you know, out there. And I was so the second part of the mentorship. And that's also what was very nice to have this help is we wanted to do this digital academy on this soft skills. That's the way we're calling mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and trying to understand, you know, we're going to have then more of the coaching type of sessions to understand um, this, you know, the parallel the stories and um, negotiations. Uh, what is leadership in the 21st mm-hmm. century? You know, it's it has to be, in a, we have to be perceived in a different way. And, and I think we're going to work with cultures and, and doctors and, and different people with, with very different backgrounds who are willing to share their knowledge. And, you know, they have 30 years of experience. Um, yeah. and, and and I think sometimes we underestimate, and, and I certainly did, when mm. you, you have a situation, you think, oh, but this sounds so obvious. You yes. know? <laughs> this is not, I mean, who will find is important. And uh, again, is this uh, this little voice in our heads telling, you know, that maybe it's not good enough, but you, it is. You just mm. you don't know when, when you see, Someone who is twenty something, you know, they're starting their careers. They they already have an impressive CV, mm. but they haven't been out there, you know. Especially mm. now in times of COVID, when yes. you've got uh, one thing that I'm thinking a lot, of, and I do hope we become also a platform that can help people to connect in times yes. that you cannot move around. Mm. Um, the way I did my network is, um, of course, I really was everywhere around this planet for. Yeah. For, for so long yeah, and literally allowed, yeah and this allowed me to mm-hmm. see different you know the same topic I was discussing the same topic with different cultures different uh, disciplines and that's what made me this ability I think to connect the things mm-hmm. you know I don't think I know more than actually I know much less because you have to you fragment it uh, in so many topics but the mm-hmm. power of connections nowadays with the complexity of the challenge that we have it's so important it is. And I think the power of connection comes from empathy, which is the foundational building block of an inclusive system for me is that you feel like you're stating the obvious, but I think one needs to state the obvious to make sure there's an aligned understanding and that you've understood the other person's understanding before you, you can move forward. So I, I think it's really sure. important. The Digital Academy. So this is about soft skills and creating a platform for people to connect, but also to learn from each other, if I understand correctly. Exactly. Yeah, we're going to, so as a group, this is, we have public events, right? We Mm -hmm. have, we are so lucky to have the support of really high level people at the United Nations who were also there, just opened their agendas for us. You know, the head of UN, the the Biodiversity Convention, the head of the United Nations Environmental Program, you know, so they're all very, very generous with their time Mm -hmm. because they believe in this cause. They know they're not going to do anything for them, for nature, if they don't include 50% of the population. (laughs) Yes, These are women, you know, we have Inger Anderson, uh, head of UNAP, and uh, Elizabeth Mirama, also from head of uh, the CBD, the uh, Biological Diversity Convention. Mm -hmm. So they're all there um, repeating this, you know, nature is really this, uh, is the life supporting systems that we have. Absolutely. You know, and we have that. Once you you put this digital academy there and bring this group together, we're going to do this uh, not in the open. Uh, as I said, this is we have open events, so everybody who wants to connect can go there. They can watch this on YouTube. Okay. But we want, as a group, to have this more, let's say, private um, sessions that will fortify us as a group and learn together because we all have, we have, you know, CEO of startups um, yeah. in Argentina. We have diplomats from Palestine, uh, Palestine. And then we have a lot of people, of course, uh, from the public health doctors. Mm. Um, so the group, the group is very diverse. And I think this will be so rich just to be together, learning with these professionals who are volunteering the time. So we're going to have every two weeks, this two hour session. Mm. Of discussions and probably some uh, yeah exercises because in the end they all want 
we have different backgrounds, but we are all connected through this willingness to make a change. But they all have, they go back to their countries. They're all from low and middle income countries. Mm. So mm. we have people who want to make change, you know, in Sri Lanka, in you know, Madagascar, and how do we do in, in Ghana, mm. or um, Latin America, of course, and, and Brazil, my own country. Mm. So that's, a, to me, it's a very, it's a wonderful experience and also a big opportunity to learn. Yeah, and like you say, sharing your stories, particularly storytelling, which all human beings are wired for that in the same way that we're all wired for belonging. So I think this idea of a group of deep democracy where everybody's voice is heard and and looking at co-creating something to, to create more robust robust solutions for the planet, but that people can action individually is really powerful. How can people get involved with your movement? Yeah, so I like this idea when just to develop when you said the belonging is so important and the sense yeah. of identity. And then I think what we really want, and that, that's a topic, I want to invite everybody to check also what the Planetary Health Alliance is doing. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, you know, we, it's hosted by Harvard University, but it's really a collective of 200 organizations. And also in Brazil, we have a group, what is research uh, on planetary health. Well, I'm very proud to you know, bring this topic to Brazil. Yeah, I can imagine. University mm-hmm. of Sao Paulo, it's our top university there. Yeah. So these groups are developing and they can get involved trying to know if they have, you know, in their own country, something already happened that would invite them to join. Mm-hmm. Um, next year in April, there is a, this global summit of planetary health that Brazil is hosting. And mm-hmm. they, this will be online. Of course, they can, you know, register. And with our own group, the Women Leaders for Planetary Health, they, of course, can subscribe to our channels, um, you know, follow the conversation, attend our events. But probably next year, we're going to have another call for this mentorship program early next year. So we want, you know, probably there will be an opportunity for people to apply. We hope also to expand, make this scaling up because, of course, we're still, you know, we're going to be mentoring this semester 22 people. So we are together, a machine of around 60 people for Mm -hmm. the moment. But we want to make this, how can we scale up? Can we do more of a digital exercise of a platform that is a little bit more, you know, professional or easy to tackle? Then then we could expand to the whole world. That's Mm -hmm. something I'm studying. And I think through technology in this sense, it's, of course, helping us to connect around the planet Mm. instantly. So I'm exploring ways to how to make this platform easier to be tackled. And then we can have more people Mm. using resources, perhaps um, having uh, more videos of things and then live sessions. So that's something we're studying to see how we can improve. Excellent. I mean, it's, it's so big and it's so inspiring. It can be so powerful. Mm-hmm. And thank you for taking the time to come to speak to us about it. And I would just ask you, because time is running as ever, otherwise we could talk all day, I'm sure. Would you have one last word of advice for people who want to pick up this call for action, for women who want to pick up this call for action and, and do something with their leadership? Well, I mean, my call to action, yeah, first, uh, we do need the empathy, the comparisons of thinking about our own, you know, attitudes. But it's I want to talk about, the, again, the technical part. There is still mm-hmm. little funding out there for, you know, it's it's a topic that everybody finds fantastic. It's what it's needed. But then they all come, oh, but what's the business model behind it? And we all go again and trying to uh, replicate the ongoing business model, yeah. the way that destroys the planet, that yeah. don't, that exclude women. Mm. So my invitation to all of this, you know, if you're head of a business, if you have, you know, a big foundation is to really think more holistic 
and try to understand that uh, women empowerment is really a tool for planetary health, you know? So it's really, it's not about creating an extra point. It's just, if you're already doing something that you care about our environment, that you care about human health, you are doing planetary health and you need to empower women. So that would be my advice for people who want to be a change maker. Excellent. Thank you very much. Well, I'll leave our listeners with that piece of powerful advice. And thank you so much for coming and sharing your story and your thoughts with us. If people want to know more about you and your work, where should they go? Where can they find you? There is, we have a website, it's womenleadersforplanetaryhealth.org. We have, you know, our Twitter accounts, Instagram, LinkedIn. There is a LinkedIn group also that they can find in our page that it's um, people can ask to access. Mm -hmm. It's a closed group. Um, That's um, a very interesting, I think, point where you can have, you know, conversations and also in a private mode. So yes, everything in our website. Okay, so website or LinkedIn, but don't hesitate to connect and to reach out to Nicole about her work and the upcoming Planetary Health Alliance. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if so, please head over to iTunes and give us your opinion and your review. So it's bye for me for now and see you soon for the next episode of Let's Talk.